Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Sela Fellowship podcast of our Wednesday services. Please open your Bibles as we dive into our study this evening. For me, the Lord has been putting uh, this chapter on my on my heart. Um, I'm going through uh, Matthew, um, just in my devotions. And uh, so when I was asked to uh, do a Wednesday night service, it was somewhere in... Um, Exodus, right? And uh, I had no idea what they were talking about in that passage. So um, I was given another opportunity to kind of do or share what the Lord is just uh, personally teaching me. So um, it's a privilege to be uh, sharing this with you guys. Um, As the Lord has been uh, sharing with me um, just through this life, really. Um. So if you guys would turn your Bibles with me, uh, Matthew 18, um, we'll do verse 21 all the way uh, to uh, 35. Um, then Peter, uh, verse 21, I came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? Um, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, um, but up to seventy times seven. Um, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle those accounts, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife children and all that he had and that payment be made Uh, the servant therefore fell down before him saying a master have patience with me i will pay you all then the master of that servant was moved with compassion released him and forgave him the debt Uh, but the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a, a hundred denarii And he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, uh, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, I will pay you all. And he would not, but he um, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw that what had been done, uh, they were very grieved. And came and told their master all that he had done. Then his master, after he had called him, said unto him, You wicked servant, I forgive you all that, I forgive you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not have the same compassion on your fellow servant just I did have pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you, uh, to each of you, um, from his heart, who does not forgive his brother in trespasses. Uh, shall we pray? And Father, I, again, we give thanks for the opportunity, Lord, to, to be known by you, to, to be deeply, deeply known by you, Lord, uh, each one of us, King Jesus. Father, I ask that you would uh, remove the words from this page into our hearts tonight, Lord. 
Father, as we hear them, Lord, as, as we read them, Lord, as we explain them, Lord, that there will be a movement, Lord, uh, in our hearts, King Jesus. Uh, fast, Father, for you, O Lord, and, and for the brothers and sisters around us, Lord, as we do this life, Lord, as we um, wound one another, Lord, as we love one another, one another, Lord, we ask again that as you've written it down, Lord, and it must have been so near and dear to you, Lord, for you to write it down for us years after. Um, so we should know, Lord. So again, we give thanks, Lord. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Um, so backing up a little bit, it, uh, um, I think in verse um, 15, and Jesus is talking about... Um, uh, forgiving a brother who has wronged you or sinned against you. And, um, and he goes through all that whole uh, uh, step by step. If, if, if you feel that one has wronged you, then would you go to him and would you settle those accounts? And, and if that brother would apologize and repent, he says, then your friendship or your brotherhood is restored. Speak no more about that and then live in, in peace, right? Uh, it just seems though Peter was so intently listening to what was going on when Jesus was um, teaching this. Uh, because in verse 21, then Peter comes out and asks the question, Jesus, then how many times do I, or am I supposed to give whom has wronged me? Um, he suggests a number. Um, he says, uh, is that supposed to be seven times? Um, and Jesus in return suggests another number. He says, no, let that number be multiplied by 70 times. But um, first think of the words of Peter or, or Peter's question here. Um, in those days or in that culture, it was, forgiveness was up to three times. So Peter is exceedingly generous with his forgiveness here. You know? he, he's multiplying the number by two, and even throws in an extra addition right there. And he's, uh, he's saying, I am really, really patient and forgiving. You know, seven times is, it's good, Jesus, right? Um, uh, but consider number seven, right? A number, that number is also a number of perfection in the Bible, we're told, or we read somewhere. Uh, a number of grace, right? Um, seven times. A uh, number of, of, of rest at one point. So I don't know what was going through his mind for him to suggest the number. But for whatever reason, he does suggest the number, right? Um, it probably is one of those moments where he's waiting for that response from Jesus. Like, dang, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. You know? <laughs> you are so generous, Peter, with your forgiveness. Um, you know? Um, but Jesus suggested a different number to him. Tells him, no, Peter, um, if forgiveness was just simply found in numbers, would you multiply that number by 70 times? Uh, so if you do your math, right, um, this is like 490, right? This is a jaw drop for him. I don't know why he's going through his mind at this point. He's like, what? My culture is telling me to forgive three times. I am being gracious here. To forgive seven times. And you are blowing my mind with a number that... He, 
Imagine a life where you only forgive three times or seven times. Imagine a marriage where forgiveness is up to seven times. Or a, a, a friendship, a relationship where, okay, seven times I'm done. Uh, you out, you know. You, you've eaten my steak seven times. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we divorced to get out, you know. Imagine, imagine a father or a parent that only forgives seven times to their kids, you know. It's, it's bizarre, you know. Imagine Jesus just, I mean, that, it wouldn't take him coming down here. Seven times would have been like, what, is that who, Adam? You know, like, okay, the rest of the guys are done, you know. But 490 times is, is an achievable number, right? It's, it's not outrageously. It's just an achievable number. It's just crazy how one would keep an account of 490 times to forgive someone. At that point, if your heart is not changed, you need, you need a different kind of prayer, you know? <laughs> Seriously, like 490 times, if you've not like literally come to a place of like, oh, you know, 120 times, I'm done. It's just going to keep, you know, happening over and over again. Um, and at that point, your heart is softened towards somebody at least. At least, you might think, right? Um, but then Jesus, so imagine Peter's mind or in his, what is going on in his mind at this point, suggesting to him a number that is crazy for him. Crazy for the culture. These guys, whenever Jesus spoke these things to them, it wasn't like for us trying to figure out what they meant. And these guys knew exactly what Jesus Christ was talking about. You know? So imagine a number to him. And in his mind, he's just in, in a shock of what's going on. What Jesus is trying to suggest here. Um, but Jesus goes farther. You know? um, if Peter in his mind probably is trying to compute the number, okay, maybe... Yeah, I can, I can forgive 490 times, you know, I'm, I'm a good guy, I'm Peter, come on, you know, I can do that. Um, but Jesus goes farther and explains this. He says, um, in the kingdom of heaven, uh, there was a king who wanted to settle his accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle those accounts, um, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold uh, with his wife, children, and all that he had. And that payment be done. Pause. So Jesus goes farther to teach uh, um, a story to, or tell a story to Peter. And you, you got to thank Peter for this story, for his question. Because without that question, we probably wouldn't have known uh, what Jesus is trying to bring forth us here today. Um, Jesus suggests that there was a very, very rich king at one point. Um, part of his wealth, we know that uh, someone owed him 10,000 talents. Um, and, um, and I was doing all, a little bit of my, my researches, and um, I came to this mind-blowing fact. Um, a talent. So there's a deni- wealth was measured by or money back then was a denarius, and then outrageously talents, so denarian talents. But, but a denarius is a day when you go working, and at the end of your day, they give you your paycheck. So what, you get $15 an hour, right, here in America. It's so cool to work here. You get a lot of money than in Uganda, you know. Um, I love working here. Uh, but, okay, so you get your $15, and here they pay you by, 
by hour, right? It's just, you could do, what, four hours and walk away. But anyways, <laughs> in, in Uganda, that's like two months worth, you know. Anyways, so you have your $15 an hour. This is a 10 days. You could walk away with your 150 right? So that's a denarius. So I don't know how much they paid back then, how many per hour, but at the end of the day, they'll give you whatever you deserved you. So, um, and, um, but one talent, um, one talent is equals to 6,000 days worth of work. So this guy, he comes to the king and he begs him, would you forgive me? Would you have mercy on me? I will pay you all. Like, no, you're not. You're not going to be able. 10,000 with just one is 6,000. Who has those days to go walking every day? You know, nobody. You know. And 10,000 is a number that was, we, we, it's a figurative number. So Jesus is figuratively throwing out a number here. Um, 10,000 is also a number that is used. It was the highest number. It's a number that is used to describe the highest, highest amount there was in those days. When, um, when um, uh, Paul uh, wrote to the Corinthians, and says, though you might have 10,000 instructors, but they're not all fathers. Um, also in Revelation, John comes to this sea of angels, right? And he could not compute in his mind how many he saw. He said there were 10,000 times 10,000. He could... So, Whatever Jesus is talking about here, whatever number he's dealing with here, um, I was listening to a guy teach about this passage, and he says, it's believed to be between $60 million to $90 million. There was no way this poor guy was going to be able to pay back. I remember when I first, not when I first came to Christ, but I remember sometimes I do, I remember my um, my my life before I was really, really into Christ. And like, how in the world do I think I could forgive myself or, or deserve any kind of forgiveness? And you know those kind of conversations, those feelings, I, I, you know, I'll work, I'll, I will, I'll work and pay you back. Or God forgive me, if you change my life, I'll be a good guy. Or, you know, it's like, you know, forgiveness is not based on what you can give back. It's, it's, it's settled within Jesus' blood. It's nothing to do with what we can give back to him. Or how much we can do. What lifestyles we can... Maybe a lifestyle, but it, it, it has nothing to do with us at all. Forgiveness from Christ Jesus is, is simply based on, on his merit. He for so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. Nothing we did. Nothing we... You could put together the richest or the wisest men, they, they couldn't come up with a number or any kind of action that would buy us heaven. And Jesus says, you guys are my sons and daughters. I, today I've begotten you. You know, and just This guy comes and begs this guy, I will do it all. I will pay you. You know, like, no, you're not going to be able to, you know. Um, but anyways, we're, we're told here that the master, in verse 27, that the master was moved with compassion and released him. And how cool, if I may use that word, how cool is it? Or humbling, when we come to Jesus, the Bible says, 
He is faithful to forgive our unjust. And our, if we repent, if we confess and repent our sins, He is faithful to forgive all our unrighteousness and to cleanse us. And this guy comes, the only thing at that point really he could do, if he had, he had any kind of mindset, is, is, is just be plain and be, be real with the Lord, or with his master by him. And tell him, you know, I don't have anything. I, I cannot pay you back that sum of money, you know. But anyway, he adds on by, I will pay you. Uh, but it's not what he said, it's what the master does back. He's, he's moved with compassion and says that he's forgiven. He was set free and let go. I'm like, you know, don't worry about that. You, you are my son and today you will live as my son. You're free. Go. You know, how merciful is our, our God, right? Um, I think I, I, uh, I was reading through Exodus, one of it says that the Lord, He is merciful and gracious. He is long-suffering and is abounding in goodness, keeping mercy for thousands of years and forgiving sins. In Chronicles, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear them. Uh, in Psalms uh, 86, 5, it says, For the Lord is rich in mercy and ready to forgive on those who call upon Him. And Jesus let your mind kind of stay right there. You know, how good, how merciful. David, David said that as far as east is from the west, that's how far he's removed my judgment from me. Uh, I don't know what's going on in Peter's mind at this point, just listening to these things. But dang, you know? How sympathetic. The Bible says that we do not have a high priest that never sympathizes with our weakness. But he's been tested through things and found with no sin. For he who knew no sin was made um, to be sin. That would be called the righteousness of the Lord. And, and, and on and on. There's so many of those verses, right? Um, how, how gracious. I can't, I can't wrap my mind around it. But how gracious is our Lord. Anyway. You would think that. Understanding all that or comprehending all those things would, would move in us, would prone in us, would provoke us a lifestyle to live like you could do anything. You're forgiven. I am forgiven and I can be able to forgive. You would, you would think that this guy would leave that presence understanding the depth and the guilt and the disgust of his sin, but he's forgiven and you would think that he would go out and live a different life, you know? Anyways, first look, consider what was on the line of his sin. He says that let him be sold, his wife, his children, his, his possession, his legacy was gone. His, his family, his wealth, anything. For generations of years to come, his kids will be enslaved. His kids' kids will be enslaved. His kids' kids' kids will be enslaved just in working to pay back. You consider how um, forgiveness of sin was done back in the days before Jesus Christ. For years and years and years and years, sacrifices upon sacrifices were made. What, what's, what's on the line 
because of our sin, because of our because of our debt, ultimately to the Lord, is just beyond me not going to heaven. You know, it's, it's, if, I'm, if I live my life in balance of, okay, if I don't really get to heaven, but I'm going to go somewhere. And it's, if that's the mindset that is driving us, it's, if it's not deeper than that, it's not a true gratefulness of what Christ Jesus did for us, and then a comprehension of that, you know, like a wrap in our minds on that every day. Like, you consider the words of Jesus on that cross, like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Like, if, if those words are ringing in our minds every single day, maybe, maybe that would pro- provoke us to, again, live a different life, right? But um, consider this guy who, um, forgiven that much, crazy, right? Um, it says, but that servant, in verse 28, uh, but that servant went out, found one of his fellow servants who owed him only a hundred denarius. And he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So he, his fellow servant f- fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, would you have mercy? Would you have patience with me? I will pay you all. And he would not. But when he threw him into prison, till uh, he threw him into into prison till we should pay all of it. And so pause a little bit. What happens to a man who lives in unforgiveness? You know, like I kind of want to like take a look from the other side. You know. Like, what happens to a man who is being forgiven? Crazy, right? Crazy. We're going to heaven. Like, when this life doesn't work out, maybe we don't achieve the things that we, we, we long for. Ultimately, the hope is that we're going to be with Jesus forever, right? Um, John, I'm probably getting off, but John, he, um, in his vision, he... Uh, the angel takes him and shows him at the end of Revelation, he shows him um, uh, New Jerusalem, right? And, uh, and John is in, he's in a shock. I was like, this place is so nice. Um, he writes about it anyway, if you, Revelation. But, but to have our mind set on that, like if, not if, of course that's a motivation how to live this life. But we're going to have that ultimately. And, and that's the man who has all that in the future for him to come. Forgiven, set free, cleansed, given a new life, new hope, new spirit of the Lord, living inside him, right? But still lives in the unforgiveness towards others, right? Um, I remember one day, I remember walking by my, my father, this is a long time ago, before I was really into this. Um, if I, I was real with Christ um, I didn't have a relationship with him that was very good uh, but I remember like in, in Uganda we walk a lot we walk everywhere but I remember like just on the same street I just walked by him because I was in unforgiveness of sin but I can't imagine what that does to a father you know being a dad right now I cannot imagine what that does to a dad 
It says just sowing unforgiveness, you know. Um, but anyways, what happens to a man uh, who has all that, uh, but still lives in unforgiveness? Uh, there's probably a couple of points out to um, maybe four, five, ten, I don't know. But anyways, number one, if you would see with me uh, verse 28 to 30. He says that, uh, uh, specifically, um, 30, verse uh, 29, says that his fellow servant fell down and begged him, saying, have mercy with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not. But went and threw him into prison till he should pay his debt. And forgiveness removes God from his place in our hearts. Bible says, the Lord himself declares, a vengeance is mine. Now, when we live in unforgiveness, because look at what this guy does. He goes to his fellow servant and he grabs him by the throat. He, you know, forgiveness will, it removes the Lord Jesus Christ in the thrones of our hearts and replaces him with ourselves. You know, with, with, with us trying to control situations. We not trusting him. Not leaving him do what he can only do in the life of those people that perhaps have wounded us, perhaps have hurt us, you know. Number two, forgiveness kills the testimony of Christ in our lives. You know. Look at his friends um, in verse uh, 31 and 32 says that when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved um, and came and told their masters. This guy had an opportunity to portray Jesus Christ and to leave that testimony where people look at you and like, now, what happened between you and your enemies? And he's like, because I was forgiven. Because of Jesus Christ and Him alone. Like such a testimony, right? Uh, John said that we have overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the testimony of our mouth. Like, these friends were looking on and like, we know who you are, brother. We, you were the one that was in that much debt and you could not. You know? It's so, so cool being here and not being in Uganda. Like, it's, it's, um, I mean, I miss Uganda. But, like, being there, the testimony is like, these guys know me since I was young. You know, all the dumb stuff I did. You know, there's, 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 your testimony doesn't go far, right? They, they know who you are. Like, you, you can tell them of Christ and the change, you know. They're like, mm-mm, we know you. <laughs> you know, but this guy had the opportunity to share Christ, to just leave out Christ Jesus before his friends. And because of the unforgiveness, he missed it out. Right? Number three, I feel like forgiveness, or I see that forgiveness grieves the heart of God. In verse 33 to 34, it says that, um, so he's brought back into his master, says, should you not have and, and you could just feel the words of the master here. He says, should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant? Just I had pity on you. And his master was angry. 
and delivered him to tortures until he paid all that was due to him. Just look at what, look at how his master is moved and is responding to the situation. It's like you were before me just a couple of minutes ago. You were begging, you were crying loud here. I forgive you. I set you free. You could feel the words, the weight of the words of this of his master here. You know? But I was he said that he was moved with compassion to forgive him. Like it cost God crazy, crazy amount. I don't know what it is to send his son. For he so loved the world that he gave his son, only son. Salvation or forgiveness, it didn't just come because we were so good or we we live in a specific country that was in, superior than the... Like, that wasn't. It was, it was at the basis and the cost of his son. You know. And says, so in the same manner, I just... You, couldn't you forgive? Couldn't you let go? You know? He uses two words. He says there was compassion and pity in verse 33. Compassion is a deep sense. Of, of relatability. Like I get you. I understand where you're going. I understand where you're coming from. Compassion moves you to do something. Jesus many times when he would look out. And saw the crowd. He was moved with compassion. So he fed them. So he taught them. Right? Compassion does not leave you the way you are. You, you, there's a stir in you. There's something you know, you don't stay where you are. And he uses another word, pity. Pity is, is a sense of feeling sorry for. You know, oh, sorry for those guys. I, I think of the missionaries that have let go of whatever was so valuable to them. And, and like, how can I live in, in this place, have all that I have, and yet there is half the world not having what is so basic. And so compassion moves them and says, okay, I'm going to leave it all. Compassion moved his master. He says, wouldn't you have the same, just a little bit for your fellow brother? No. In 34, um, it says, and his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay. Forgiveness is a prison, you know. Like he, he was delivered into the torture, thrown into. Forgi- un- sorry, unforgiveness, not for. Unforgiveness is a prison that holds us back so many times. I remember when I was, um, I was done with school, um, I was dating Michelle, and, um, and, and I, was, I went to this camp, I went to, to go away so I can pray. And I was, uh, I was asking the Lord, like, God, I'm done with school. Um, you know, what, what's, what's there for me? Would you bless it? Would you bless our relationship? Would you, I wanted to go to, I uh, wanted to do missions. Like, would you, would you clear up the path? Uh, we wanted to go to Kenya and Sudan at that point. Um, would, would you bless this? And the Lord said, I am so willing to do that. As a matter of fact, like, I put those desires in your heart. Okay, you know? Like, so what, what's wrong? Like, you, but you still have unforgiveness in your heart towards your dad. He gave me a verse, Malachi 4, uh, 4 6. Um, and he said, 
I was reading it, so it was like in the evening. Uh, and um, so I read it, and I knew instantly he was telling me to go forgive my dad. Um, I had not seen my dad for 15 years. We would walk by like strangers, you know, um, by each other. And um, I knew where he stayed. It's not like he had left or whatever. We're in the same community, but we wouldn't talk. Pause that, that story. Have you ever experienced or seen or heard of um, families that would not stand each other on a dinner table just because of unforgiveness? It's because they cannot let go of the differences. Or parents with kids or daughters or sons that would not talk to each other, would not probably even go to their funerals. That's where I was. I'd sworn like, if that guy dies... They would not mention me on that day. I was, right, I was there. And the Lord said, I want to set you free. I want to let you go. I want to bless you and bless the rest of your life. But you're holding on to. And I, I knew. So I went to him. Um, I, I came and shared the story of Michelle. And Michelle came with me. They didn't know who, who she was. Uh, but um, I called him and and told him, I, I want to come talk to you. Anyways, when it was, it was such a God-given moment. Anyways. But, but I, we, I lived in resentment of this guy. And that's what unforgiveness does to us. You live in, in bitterness. Have you ever hated someone? This guy controls your life. They control every, every, your thoughts. They, they control your finances. You, you just compete with who they are. You know? It's... It's unimaginable what unforgiveness can do, right? You know, you, you can't be in the same room. You can't walk in the same place. The one thing that Jesus Christ came to do, reconcile, bring one another together, is, is we're splitting each other up because of unforgiveness, because of our differences. We can't let go of those things, you know? It hinders our growth with Christ. In conclusion, um, in verse 35, it says, So my Father also will do to you if each of you uh, from his heart does not forgive his brother, uh, his brother, his trespasses. And, and that's not like a promise, you know. That's like a warning. It's not like one of those verses you read and like, then the Lord will come and will take us out and we'll be with Him, you know? That's like, be careful, you know? Be careful where you are with one another, with, with your brothers. Because my Father, who's, who says, my, vengeance is mine. He, that's the God. That's the God that is proclaiming those kinds of words. He says, He will do to you likewise. If you do not forgive one another. And so you're probably wondering, like, okay. Wondering as Peter at this point, right? Okay, what? The number, number thing is gone. Like, four, seven times, 490, it's gone at that point. The understanding of our, our the weight of our disgust, it, it can't match up with the number, right? It's not seven. It's not in 49 or 490. It's gone at that point. So Peter is probably wondering, okay, 
And Jesus knows what's going on. He's leading the events in this conversation, right? So this guy is intently listening. Peter, later on in life, two events happened to him. Um, when Jesus was going down the cross, after Peter denied Jesus Christ, um, Peter would look out, maybe he's outside the gate or the town or the city. Peter would look out and they, they behold each other's eyes. And Jesus looked into Peter's eyes. And I, I, maybe Peter got it at that point. He said, he said, now the weight of what you're about to do, Jesus. Je- he did not stay the same at that point. He went out. He was, he was disturbed. You know? He would write about this later on. He says, um, Peter, 1 Peter 1, 8 to 9. It says, um, let me be clear, quoting this now. I'll paraphrase this. I'll paraphrase. It says that how, knowing that we've not been redeemed by perishable sub, substances like silver and gold, he understood that there was no gold or no silver could ever buy his forgiveness. And he writes to encourage that other people now. Would you understand the weight of your sin? Would you understand the weight of the forgiveness? And now would you set your life to live like? Jesus is trying to give Peter a lifestyle of forgiveness. Not a number. Not a limitation of when you should forgive. How many times. He gives, he's giving him a lifestyle. Now would you, you would, this is unscratchable. A hundred denarii, it, it does not scratch on a talent. You would think this guy is going to go out and leave freely forgiving, right? And Paul writes in uh, Ephesians 4.32, says, Be kind and forgiving to one another. In Colossians, it says, Put on tender mercies and forgive one another, just like Christ has forgiven you. In, and like that famous... Uh, scripture we all know it's in Ephesians says in our trespasses still Christ Jesus came and died for us Uh, if you would turn with me as we finish um, in Psalms uh, 103 David understood and he gives a glimpse of what was going on in his mind uh, at that point and he says bless the Lord O my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the Lord O my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquities who heals your disease who redeems your life from destruction who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles the lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed he made known his ways to moses his acts to the children of israel the lord is merciful and gracious he's slow to anger and he is abounding in mercy he will not always strive with us nor will he keep his anger forever 
He has not dealt with us according to our sin, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our friend. He remembers that we're dust. As for a man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to the children's children, to such as keep his covenant and those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, O you his host, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, O his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Um, so anyways, and I, was, uh, I was winding up my study, and the Lord flashed a question into my mind that I think I should... Um, Maybe for us to go back and evaluate on our lives. It's like, is there anyone or any event or any words that were said that has caused you unforgiveness in your heart? Um, Anyways, and then as much as the Lord Jesus Christ has forgiven us, He's calling us. To live the same lifestyle out. And it's uncomparable to how much is done. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we studied the word this evening. If you would like more information about Sela Fellowship, please visit us on the web at salafellowship.org. While you are there, feel free to check out some of our other messages and past book studies. Thank you again, and God bless.